Um, so, uh, my name's Ben, and uh, I run Mistral Generation, and we support CIYD in uh, all of their digital thoughts and excitements around digital spaces. And we've been working with uh, Steve and Simon for a number of years. We've known Steve for more than 14 years, and, and it's a joy to hang out with you guys today to talk about uh, just ChatGBT, artificial intelligence, because uh, before you know it, it's right there. It's in the midst of who we are. It's accessible. It's easy. It's there. It's, it's, it's attractive. Uh, and if we're not careful, we're, we're probably going to slip into it without even really asking the questions, what does this really mean? How does this inform our thinking about life? And, uh, and where does the generation of young people sit on that? For some of you guys, those keywords, chat, GBT, is probably the first time you've heard it. You've probably picked it up a little bit. So we're going to start on a little journey. Um, we're no experts. We're just an organization that chooses to look into what is present and what is to come and ask the question, how does the church learn about it? How does the church uh, utilize it? And how does the church set the clear cultural practices for the emerging generation to know where they sit in it and what they think about it and what missional tool could it be for them? Because we don't want to be sat in the stone age where we're still making wheels out of stones. We want to be in the present age. But we also want to have influence in the current now and what is to come. And if the church chooses to disconnect its thought process from this, then we're behind the curve. And one of the charitable objectives that Mitchell Generation has is to equip the church to become influential for God in all arenas of life. This is the vision that we want to see the young people helping to drive the church to be at the cutting edge of society once again. And so we're asking these questions. Um, internet willing, I'm going to do some demonstration. I'm going to give you a video. I'm going to watch you uh, see how we're going to write a worship song today using ChatGPT. Uh, we're going to look at how we can create a, um, a, a social media strategy on this. Now, I'm going to hold back my reserves on my thoughts and feelings about until I've demonstrated what some of this stuff can do. Uh, but I want to open up Scripture with you first, because I think it's really helpful to uh, uh, kind of put everything in our thinking in Scripture. So you can see on Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The idea of this scripture reminds me quite clearly that I don't have to worry about what technology is doing. I just need to know that Jesus is still the same. And when I look at the Jesus message and I look at who Jesus Christ is to me, I then start to see, well, how can I influence my understanding of technology? And what does that look like in terms of things that are in the kind of booming, exciting stage of the industry? And where that sits in terms of um, metaverse and where that sits in terms of Apple now competing with creating its own metaverse space, that mixed reality space. Because Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore, whether I'm in a good place, whether I'm in a bad place. His identity does not change because of the algorithm or because of the coding that has been designed. Jesus actually is presently there as well. And there's a hard question to ask ourselves because Jesus is seeing this birthing itself around us. And Jesus is there knowing it's there. And so that's just helpful for you. I'd also like to just turn with me, uh, oh, for, forgive me, the font has obviously created it as S. Uh, let's turn our scripts, let's turn our Bibles open to this passage for me. And uh, I want to just kind of, again, just to reissue um, a sense of where we stand theologically, where we hold our thoughts around this, because uh, scripture is where we, we need to stand in, in our understanding. Um, I'm going to get one of my team, um, Ollie's going to come up and read Philippians 4 verses 4 to 9. And I just want to unpack a little bit of reflection on this because um, I don't want you to think that I am all about technology and forgetting who Jesus is. 
because I like to sit quite happily in that space of knowing and listening to who Jesus is and what that means for us as an organization. So have a look at this scripture and then we'll bring our little thoughts together. Philippians 4, verses 4 to 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Thanks, Holly. First four quite clearly says to us to rejoice, which means ground ourselves in an attitude of rejoicing. There is a command from heaven that says, in all we do, rejoice. And as we rejoice, we are infiltrating the places that we occupy with a characteristic of heaven. So scripture says to us, rejoice in verse four. In verse five, it says, and we are invited to develop a sound mind, a level of clear judgment over what we interact with and use. There's a clear sense that we need to be aware of what we're putting our time and attention to and how much it is infiltrating and impacting who we are and the way we think, particularly in the way that we become lethargic and lazy when it comes to something of a fast food easy fix. In verse 6, it says we need to be holding in prayer with God personally and corporately. We need to be praying, youth workers, church workers and volunteers. We need to be praying, Lord, give us the inspiration on technology. We need to be asking and praying and seeking the Spirit of God on what um, God and heaven is saying over the immersive spaces that we see young people engage in. Verse 7 gives us a sense of peace which uh, surpasses all understanding. We need to guard our hearts and our mind in Christ Jesus. This can help us in, in ways when we think about when we're weighing up whether the decision of technology is positive or is a distraction. And we need to be having conversations with young people. We need to be asking them, are you interacting with the AI bot inside your Snapchat app? Are you asking meaningful questions around life? Have you seen that? Are you on Snapchat yourself? Artificial intelligence has now hit our social media strategies where young people are using it to engage and then have conversations. They're asking meaningful questions. They are being discipled by something that is presently there that we have no control over seeing what's been said to them. Snapchat is no longer just sharing your friend's information. It's infiltrating through information or questions using a little artificial intelligence which we'll see on a screen in a minute. Verses 8 to 9 gives us the tools to answer how do we outwork our worries, concerns within areas such as innovation and technology. Once you turn to another part of scripture, which is uh, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. And I'm going to just read that for you because um, I want us to just uh, take a moment to look at that as it's a, a really helpful a bit of Greek for us. It says, all scripture is given inspiration of God. Come on, join us. Thank you. So it's all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's uh, this 
word inspiration quite clearly says in the Greek that uh, the, the meaning behind inspired or inspiration means the breath, means blowing onto us. This idea of the, the, the scripture is a breath from heaven over us. And uh, if you start thinking about how artificial intelligence doesn't breathe, it's just a concept of information being pulled in its own thought process way. There's no life. There's no breath from heaven. There's no sense of the, uh, the kind of spirit impartation. There is also uh, the Hebrew word spirit means uh, mighty wind hovering over us. We see that when uh, Acts, the, 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 the power of the Holy Spirit came down and it was over the top of them. There was a visible expression of life coming out of what's been empowered and released. And then you ask the question, is that the same when we go to ChatGBT and we go to an AI space? Is there life that's being birthed, that's called to um, reproduce itself into local spaces that we occupy? Or is it just a quick win of information? And these are things that even if we start bringing this down into the simple conversation with young people, they start to understand, well, actually, this is nothing coming from a source of hope and life. It's a source of information that might give me something of a small fix. And in some way, you know, cigarette smoking is bad. The next thing from that is vaping. We all vapor. Some of us might vapor here. I'm not saying that's wrong or not. But the we don't know the implications of what that has on our bodies. But it's the next best thing from actually taking on cigarettes. And it's the same with the fact of taking information and where we draw information from. We may not weigh up or ask the questions, is this information helpful? Because it's instant. It's quick. We're a lazy generation. We're a fast food generation. And uh, just going back to these slides, this is what it feels like. There's like a tug of war, isn't there? The red side talks about the life of the world. The blue side is the local church. And there's this constant battle and, and difficulty of pulling backs and forwards. Um, artificial intelligence instantly within ChatGPT has been around for just over a year, if not a bit longer. Uh, there's a couple of updates that's happened. I think in March, maybe recently, just gone. Um, I, if I asked a question about the royal family, I'd still get the question about the queen, the late queen, and then an instant update. So we're like, information's been constantly updating itself in this space. And uh, we've got to ask the question, like, do we feel this tug of war? Or do we not even see it at all? Are we like, yeah, this is quick because I don't have to worry about writing Bible studies anymore. I don't have to worry about social media, uh, 10 Bible passages that talks about living through faith through a difficult time of our life or exam results. Uh, so we, we need to have Bible passages that talks about inspiring young people to keep having perseverance in education. You know, it's easy to go to those spaces and tap in a couple of commands and, and boom, it does it for you. There is a danger there that we can slip into. Because we don't understand, we haven't given ourselves space to kind of engage with it because it's so quickly coming towards us that if we don't stop and kind of reflect and discuss, then we don't know whether we are caught up in or not. My team, we're quite regularly talking about this. And uh, we've publicly, we've discussed in our team, look, there's, there's a space that it's okay to use and then there's a space where it's not okay to be used. And we have that real honesty and transparent conversation. So if you're church leaders here today, if you're youth practitioners or, or team leaders, have the question, have the conversation. Where, where do we sit with this immersive technology, this instant technology? Are we engaging in it? Are we okay about this? Are we wanting to let young people take a lead in it? Because when we say young people plan a service, will they go straight to ChatGBT and say, what's the top five worship songs that talks about hope? And they come back to you and go, I've got these great songs. You know, the excitement is great, but the source in which they got it from 
is not the hilltops or the valleys of learning, of discerning, of waiting on the Spirit, of opening up Scripture. There isn't that kind of journey narrative that is creating culture, that's creating resilience, that's creating a, oh, crikey, God is actually speaking to me. Like we heard this morning with Pippa, the Holy Spirit nudging us. Um, AI, I think, replaces the Holy Spirit. I think we're not careful. We're going to go through a life where we don't sense the Holy Spirit because it's conveniently quicker just to kind of whip out the phone and go, oh, give me this and boom, it'll give me something. We've got to be careful and we've got to look at this. Because if we're looking at the alpha generation, so the alpha gen are those who are coming through the uh, kind of uh, early stages of year seven. So my daughter's age seven. She's kind of sits in the alpha gen. My lad is 10, so he kind of sits alpha gen at gen Z. So we've kind of got the, you know, 15 years worth of journeying with these lovely two kids of mine. But alpha gen are more digital, are more visual, are more global, are more sociable, and are more so, sorry, mobile, more social. And I want to throw another one in there. They're more vocal. Like they're speaking out. They're standing on street corners. They're laying themselves before trucks that are coming down the road because they're concerned about the world of crisis within the eco concerns that we've got. They are looking through the lens of quick innovation. And we have to be thinking the same way. We have to be sitting down with them, dialoguing them and asking them. Yes, I know there's a danger with this because if we start going back to our groups next week and go, so ChatGPT, have you heard about it? And they have not even heard about it yet. Are we dangerously exposing them to something that they don't need to know yet? And that's a challenge for me as a dad. I've got a 10-year-old, I've got a uh, a 7-year-old. How much information do I talk to my son and my daughter about this? Because what I don't want to do is put something in the front of them where they don't need to hear because it's too premature. But then again, I don't want to be one of those situations where somebody's talked to my son and daughter about sex and relationships and I haven't had the conversation with them. And it's a hard one to balance, isn't there? To work it out and to have a conversation about it. And so we've got to think seriously about what that looks like. I just want to quickly rackle through some of the areas where um, augmented reality and virtual reality and uh, artificial intelligence is operating itself right now. So virtual reality is where you use a Google Cardboard headset and you put your smartphone inside there and you're taken to somewhere and engaging in a narrative of information which you can play with, you can kind of tap. And in these Oculus experiences here, which we've got at four o'clock for you young people to come experience, uh, you can use these kind of hands. You can physically use your hand now about a year ago you weren't able to you had to use a controller but you can physically pick things up and move things in that virtual space it means you're basically taken from one place into another place and you're learning a narrative and playfully engaging in something that is called virtual reality augmented reality is we're using a smartphone just like any old smartphone here and you're bringing things into your reality and you're click swipe tap you're navigating through you're investigating something are there any pokemon goers in the house yeah, we see you. The Lord knows us. Uh, the reality is, is Pokemon Go is the first space in which where augmented reality playful engagement took place. There's a load of stuff right there out there that you can engage in. All of our Bible experiences, we've got virtual reality and augmented reality Bible experiences where you can bring things alive or you can be taken into the digital tomb and seeing Jesus risen from the dead in virtual reality. We are building in that space to enable the church to have a confidence in that space. And that is something that we've got. And Steve has got stuff within the CIYD stuff. There's some great stuff in the prayer boxes to to grab some of those things before you go. But technology in work and in training are being used. I'm in a cafe, taking a day off with the family. 
sitting. I like to listen. I like to earwig on people. I don't know if it's just me, but there may be one or two of you in the house. Um, I like to lean into what these conversations on the other side of the table when my kids take forever in the toilets with my wife. And I listened in and there was a guy stressed about work. And the guy opposite him said, hey, have you come across ChatGPT? And he goes, no, what's that? He says, oh, well, you just need to write something in it. It'll tell you, like the code that you're trying to work out, just talk about it. It'll just instantly tell you how to do it. And it's like, I'm hearing people just using this as a kind of flippant thing. Well, just ask ChatGPT. It's not like, oh, I've got a good training manual for you. Or can I sit with you and I'll work you with it and we'll do it together. It's this kind of instant. And so the work and training are constantly using immersive engagement through uh, virtual reality, through voice recognition, through um, training in the... Uh, hospitals with using operation training within the industry and mechanics. They're all using VR, AR, and chat um, and artificial intelligence. Same in schools and universities. You've got this immersive going on. And um, I'm a dyslexic youth worker. I need to physically touch and engage and interact with something to retain the information. I need that for my own personal learning experience. But also, I can see how it's a benefit for those who have not got special needs because it's immersive, it's fun. And so they are using it. Lockdown was absolutely brilliant. Uh, lockdown one for my house, we were VRing and ARing all the way. And then the school gave us a curriculum which we had to do differently. But we learned stuff together as a family. But schools and education are using this. Here are some examples of VR and AR that we can see. And uh, this is uh, at the top left-hand corner, IKEA. Um, they, they obviously wanting to alleviate waste, so they've designed this convenient app where I can build a room with artificial intelligence, uh, sorry, with AR, um, by putting a chair in the corner, and I can make it look lovely in my room before I go to the shops and buy it, because AR is making it convenient for me to buy something, which means I'm not then buying something, getting it home and going, oh, this is wrong, and then uh, taking it back. They're giving me the opportunity to try it in my own house before buying it using augmented reality. And it's the same in the top right. There's a retailer that's offering the chance for me to find things I like to have in my, in my house. Shopping here, I can scan a, uh, a line of shop um, shelves in the shop and it can tell me what is the best offer without me having to stand there and looking and pricing it and go right down to the little numbers at the bottom going, how much is that per whatever? I can just go, oh, I want to find and it will do it for me. Uh, that's exciting. This is the first ever um, metaverse space. Now, the metaverse is where you can live this uh, world of life in this digital space. I can create myself looking ginger, six-pack, because that's what I see myself in the mirror all the time. I can make myself look amazing. I can buy all my things. I can get a meta wallet, which is basically like my Apple Watch or my Apple phone wallet. I can buy stuff online because the phrase is, my online self is just as important as my offline self. My online identity is just as important as my offline identity. I want people to see me in the online space as looking like I'm in a place of fashion. This is, I'm not saying I do that. I'm just saying in general, that's what people are thinking. This is the danger that we find is that people are spending so much money in this kind of world of space that not many people are going to see it who are actually right there in their physical everyday lives. Now, tourism. Again, I'm all about the museums and interaction. I don't necessarily love sitting there watching, reading some information. I like to bring something alive in there. That's a fun for learning for me. But tourism are doing it. They're bringing things into reaction. And, and you've got this uh, lovely dinosaur that comes alive when you scan the skeleton structure. The AAR, 
recognizes the skeleton structure and brings that dinosaur into life. That makes that experience a little bit more entertaining for me. And the same with the other things as you can go through. Healthcare. I've just recently, uh, my wife and I have just recently lost somebody who has dementia. Uh, she recently passed away. She was one of our former board of trustees as a charity. And uh, we, uh, if we were helping her to remember who we were and this technology was available for me, I would allow her to have a virtual reality experience to see my family and my children to then help her remember my family and children when we come and meet with her physically. This is how virtual reality is being used in healthcare with people with dementia. It's trying to get them to retain short-term memory stories so that when their families come, it's a fantastic experience for that short little moment of time. And then people are wanting to see what's happening through operations. They get to see the uh, on the bottom right-hand corner an actual design of the skeleton body that they are about to have an operation on because some people need to know the details and the facts and they need to be reassured about the process. And so technology has been used in this place. And then we've got entertainment. Now this is where AI and VR and AR is really starting to take the attraction with the digital generation, which is the Alpha Gen, the Gen Z. And uh, you know, just out of interest, who here has got a Nintendo Switch in the house? Great. Keep your hand up if you've got a virtual reality, maybe an Oculus Quest. Brilliant. And um, PS2, oh no, PS5, isn't it now? PS5. Okay. So we're knowing that technology is becoming so interactive that we are helping churches to see, well, how can we use this for digital evangelism? And we've got some sessions at four o'clock where you can bring your young people along and they can hear a little bit about the why behind digital evangelism and digital mission and then engage in some of the activities we've got here so they can go back feeling like, well, wait a minute, does that mean I could do a youth night once a month and open up my church and have a digital cafe and bring the gospel on the back of an experience of a game? Brilliant. It's no different like Coach Carter. You know Coach Carter. It's a great little uh, video. There's no difference back in the day with an OAP, like, like a thing that we put up on the screen. You know, this is there for us. Right. But it challenges us. Moving with the technological times is key for organizations, churches, and charities to explore information when connecting with the digital generation. And we've already talked about briefly that social media is now becoming where um, artificial intelligence is sitting. Uh, anyone here on Snapchat? Have you noticed the little Snapchat robot? Have you engaged in it? I'm not looking if you have. It's okay. You know, there is, like, I was in a Bible study with uh, somebody in a church that we've worked with for many years. And I said, let's turn to the Bible and let's look at a Bible passage. And what they did is they went to the Snapchat and asked the Snapchat little robot AI what the Bible passage means because that's their common space that's organic to them. And I was holding myself back by just kind of looking at that with them because I'd be intrigued about how they're using that because I don't want to cast judgment on a generation. I want to learn why. What's their reason? What's their narrative of going to that? Because that helps me to understand a little bit more of the dialogue behind it as opposed to bringing conviction straight away. And so don't from today go back going, who here is using Snapchat or who's here using whatever? Don't go to the condemnation space. Go to the conversation space and have that opportunity with them. Now, obviously, you've probably picked up that avatars are becoming quite known, quite in at the moment. Um, who here has got a personal avatar? Anyone want to own up? Just me? Maybe a few of you? Yeah. I've, I've played with it. It's amazing. I can make myself look amazing. I already am amazing. And I'm helping my daughter to understand that she doesn't have to spend hours putting earrings on her avatar at all. She just needs to know that she wants to. That's fine because daddy's got one. 
But really, daughter, you, you're amazing just the way you are. These conversations are key to have with young people. But what we've got is this, um, I think this is right, Josh. They've moved away from just half bodies to full bodies. Is that right now? Because it, it freaks people out having half bodies. Uh, we were involved in a uh, Bible society using the metaverse. So we sat as one of the discussing, one of the talkers in that space. And everybody was moving around, half-looking bodies, talking about how the Bible society is creating a space to have a conversation with this. And uh, in the avatar world, people became more openly able to talk about how they're using AI because they, they're not physically seen. Everyone had the same looking avatar, whether you're a man or a woman. And so people were talking freely. There's this kind of worriness and secrecy that comes with AI that if we talk about it, is that going to be meaning that I'm going to be seen as like somebody, something of the devil? We're going to be uh, questioned by it. And people are using avatars to not only just make themselves, but also hide themselves as well. There's a, there's a secrecy that comes with somebody creating an avatar. I recognize we've whistled through quite a lot of information there around VR, AR, and AI. And what I want to do now is start to give you some demonstrations to look at this a little bit more. Um, ChatGPT has obviously been in the market now for just under, a, I'd say just under a year and a half, if not a little bit longer. And uh, I've already mentioned to you that um, it's already there in this space within uh, the Snapchat world. And uh, there's an interesting video which we're going to watch uh, for uh, a little bit, which is great, it's great screen freeze, isn't it? Uh, let me see if we can just flick over. Hopefully, the Wi-Fi will allow us to do this. Um, I was really blown away by this video. It's uh, just under two minutes long, and um, hopefully, it's going to be a large screen for us. And this is done by the NSPCC. I don't know if you've come across those or seen them. This video recently. Just trying to find my cursor. It's really small. Sorry about this. And this is a, a, a video where, if the internet allows us, we'll see all of it. If not, we'll see part of it. It's um, young people are interviewing adults. And normally, it's us interviewing young people. This is young people interviewing adults. And when I watched this, I just was like, this is really interesting. It's a helpful ex example of what it is about the dangers of something we may not know enough of. And uh, we haven't had that dialogue with young people. Let's see what happens. Okay, it's really interesting, isn't it, that there is this kind of my son and daughter of being born into screens, where with me, I had uh, my first mobile phone given to me when I was able to be encouraged to go back to school and do my uh, A-levels, and uh, I had something called, uh, there was like a, a 15 pounds a month they gave me to go to school, and I, I do, anyone else got that when they were teenagers, just, just me then? Well, yeah, feel so that's where I first bought my phone, and I had Snakes was the game I used to play, which shows you how old I am. And this idea of the technology has boomed so quickly that before we know it, these are uh, our parents at my age are, are modeling to the next generation that the constant engagement on screens is, is like, it's like breathing. If people are saying it's okay to be involved in that space, when actually these young people were challenging the parents and also setting the example. Now, ChatGBT, this is a, um, a program online open software space where you can tap in anything you want. And I want to give you a demonstration to what, because who in the room here has never, ever heard of ChatGBT? Just put your hand up. Okay, so with you. Who in the room here who, who has heard about it and has engaged using it? Okay, brilliant. So there's an awareness there. Okay. Um, for those who are not aware of it, I want to just ask you to look at this as, as a, a kind of demonstration. 
I'm not endorsing the fact that you could use it. I'm not saying that every church should use it. I'm saying that there needs to be a question of how, why, where, should we, do we. Those are questions that you only can ask yourself and in your team. Set the culture correctly in your team, and then you've got this sense of understanding when we're modeling it to the next generation. So this is a new search. If you come close, you'll be able to see about the different ways I am using it. Um, I use it predominantly on uh, helping me to concise my thinking around stuff I've put in. So I don't ask questions to give me the information. I put the information in there and say, could you please spell check this for me? Could you please rewrite this sentence for me and make it more friendly because I've been offended by somebody and I want to write an email, but I want to come across offensive. However, uh, this is how I use this engine. I don't use it to say, give me 10 new ideas to do with young people or give me Bible study notes on such and such. But I want to show you how others may using it because we're in conversation with organizations that are using it for their social media strategy. So if let's, let's start there, for instance. So um, somebody give me a theme. Somebody give me hope. Okay, so I'm going to ask it uh, a question relating to hope. So I've put here, can you give me 10 social media posts with Bible passages and how to apply this? Hit return, and it's now picking up a number of different Bible passages and ways to how to help young people to apply it. There is no thinking that I'm done in this process. I've literally just thought of the sentence. There's no, oh, wait a minute. When I was in a difficult place as a teenager, I needed to have hope, and I learned that this was how I found it, and this is what I understood about it, and there's no testimony. There's no breath of God. There's no that sense of inspiration of God's word being given because this is convenient and we are so busy that we want to get the next Bible study done or the next whatever done because we cram our lives full with stuff. And what it's done for me there is it pretty much gives me 10 posts, which I could then ask it to elaborate to tell those 10 posts to become 10 15, 20-minute Bible studies or an assembly or a preaching series on it. And there's a danger with that because what I'm then hearing, and there are people doing this, they are writing sermons and then reading the sermons. There is the first ever AI church that has been AI church service that's been written by ChatGBT and then been put through a avatar and has then been spoken over people in a church service. And they've been asked questions about it on how was it, did they find it helpful, did they find it inspirational. Would you go back again? And there are people who are kind of looking at this going, yeah, it was great. Or it felt very different. It felt very odd. It didn't feel it connected with me. There was no breath. There was no sense of... And people will start to kind of reflect on that experience. And this is happening right now. Um, we joke about this in our team because uh, we do videos all the time. But there's a little app that it could be using my AI face. So I could be looking at my notes here. But the camera is here. I'm reading my notes here. But what it does, the AI feature turns my face to look at the camera. Wow, that's exciting. It means I don't have to worry about what I'm reading anymore. I can look at something and read it. But what does that do? It's giving a false narrative. It's not giving a sense of this is me processing this with you. I might get a mistake and that's okay because it's authentic. It's real. It's true. And what it's doing is it's conveniently giving me an easy win. And this is what this is doing. We've recently uh, seen that... Uh, uh, well, let's do another one. Give me another theme. Anybody else want to give me a theme? I don't know. I'll, I'll try and spell that one. Thanks, man. Dyslexic person. Um, no, I, I won't. Uh, we'll do it, but I want to look at writing a worship song. 
So predestination worship song is probably a hard one, but I like it. Give me another one that links to a worship song. Mercy. Great. Okay. I'm written here. It says, write me a worship song about the mercy of God. Uh, I'm going to try and see if I can enlarge in this. One of you, my boys, might be able to come over and help me. But here we go. This is now wor- This is now writing me a worship song. It's having a think. <laughs> Loaded fail. Let's see, let's go back to the re- internet. Let's try again. Here we go. Verse one. Uh, Ollie, why don't you come up and have a read of this? Um, what we've got here is it's creating a verse, a chorus, another verse, another chorus. And uh, what it's doing basically is it's writing me a worship song, which hasn't come out of my hilltops, my valleys, my study of the scripture. It's a quick response to a question that has meant that if I'm willingly wanting to, which I haven't and I never will do, I could go to another AI engine and say, take this worship song and put it to a melody that brings hope and inspiration and a sense of rhythm of excitement with some key low moments. I can set all these commands and it will instantly create me that. And then we can then create that and sing it to our next youth worship event which I haven't done and I will never do because I think there's some questions big around that. So, um, oh, how do you do that? Well, well done. Uh, I'll give you verse one and chorus. Uh, if you want the whole song, um, come tonight, uh, open mic. <laughs> it's not. Um, so, in the depths of my despair, I cried out in need. Lost in the darkness, your mercy I plead. With arms open, wide open, you lifted me up. Your love so boundless, it reached to the sky. Oh, the mercy of God, how it sets us free, washing our sins like waves in the sea. And failing and true, it's a gift we receive. In the arms of your mercy, we find our reprieve. Thank you. I mean, what we've got there is a wonderful collage of words, isn't it? But it's dangerous because there's nothing from there. There's no breath. There's no sense of what we see in that Timothy passage about the inspiration, the word that hovered over people that established a, a cultural practice, a movement of change from within. There are some incredible worship songs that we sing. And, um, you know, I would say we've got to be really careful. I think we should have been careful over a year ago, but I'm saying this now. We need to be really careful about some of the new material that's coming out now. Because I don't know how much of the generation that have empowered by this is sitting in those spaces we are having conversations with national organizations where we're creating them immersive experiences and we're asking them the question, do you use AI for your online Bible notes, for your social media? And uh, we're in conversation with them to try and challenge them to think differently about that because there are people doing it because they're mid-20-year-olds who are engaged in these new employed roles and it's quick, isn't it? If we had the time, I would ask you to give me a number of words and I would create you a picture within instant minutes of it just literally taking a few words and it will create something for you. Uh, and has anyone seen the new um, Marvel uh, series with the uh, Samuel L. Jackson in? And what's it called again? Sorry? Say a bit louder. Super Invasion. Secret Invasion, thank you. That was made, the opening credits of that was made by a engine called uh, Gen uh, Gen 2, which is a text-to-word artificial intelligence. It takes images, takes prompts, and it creates it. Um, you just need to look at it. It's amazing how it's designed. But what we've got now are people who are in the industry of writing and creativity and graphic design. They're going on strike to say we can't allow this to happen. 
because it's it's doing ourselves out of a job and therefore the quick win of creating content is being used through this engine. Um, I've got five minutes left before we finish and we've only really kind of touched the surface of this but I want to encourage you uh, have the conversations with young people don't go and judge them okay talk about it ask them the questions dabble into that space I'm glad to see with uh, three or four young people here because they are the ones who are engaging in this straight away uh, are there any questions in the room for this on this topic at all um, we have got a session at two o'clock looking at uh, using AR and VR in Christmas and Easter hello matey what's your name and uh, give me your question uh, is AI gonna take over the world one day? Is AI going to take over the world one day? I think even there's, I think AI is already taking over concepts of our worlds that we're part of, spaces and places that we recognise already. Okay, and I think the, there is a danger in how quickly technology is growing, but I also want you to know that there is a there is authenticity in community. There's truth in the local church. There's truth in the family and people that we do physical life with because they are the things that are important. Um, AI at the moment is, is, is pushing in technology and easeability into things in the mainstream with media and creativity spaces. But I don't think there is going to be a full place where that will be AI will be there and humanity will no longer be because I don't think that will ever get to that stage. But there is a danger about how much we engage in it will then feed the quickness of how that grows. So we root ourselves in the local church, we root ourselves in local communities and local relationships. They are the key things and, uh, and that gives us life. Any other questions? Hi, yeah, do you want to come forward because this won't reach and then uh, you can give your question on the mic and then it's, uh, it'll get recorded as we are, I think, somewhere being recorded. So are you saying that there's no place at all for AI in ministry? really sort of in, on any level if if not that i'm saying there should be it's just interesting to think the versatility of the tools that they're creating can you envision a space that the, that it could be used ethically according to ministry yeah so uh, the best way to answer that is ask is uh, for us to answer how we're using it as an organization as a youth charity so we build apps virtual reality and augmented reality there's coding that we want to understand about bringing things and doing things in the kind of realms of uh, unity or sort of, sort of coding. So we would use that very well in looking at AI and looking at some information movement around that. Um, what we've also done is we found that we might want to uh, stretch an image that we've drawn, that we've had drawn. We might want to just kind of say, well, could you just expand the image a bit further for us? Because we've already got the source and we're not asking something to be creating us a source. So if we've got the source that's already there, we might ask the question to expand on it. Um, uh, we would obviously do it like this in demoing it. So we're, we're, we're giving you the observation of what it is, but we're not actually ever going into that space and doing it. Uh, for a dyslexic person like me, I've basically created a chat engine. One of these columns are here. I've said you're an administrator that has a great ability to concise my words into sentence structures. And I'd like you to take this information and now make it read better and flow better because um, with only a certain hours in the day that my administrator is working for. So I would use it in that space, but I would never go down the sense of asking for it to give me a quick, um, easy win on a Bible study because I'm running out of time. I'd rather go to my young people and go, you know what, this week's been really busy. I think the Lord's teaching me about business. Can I unpack that with you? And actually narratively go through that space. Um, so there, there was, there's some examples there. Um, I'm sure my team, which is Ollie and Kenny and uh, Josh, they use that from time to time. and They can talk about how they use it. Um, but I think if you are getting a quick win, 
and you're not putting in the prayer and the discernment and the Holy Spirit interpretation on that, then I think that's where you're slipping yourself into a danger of it's convenient, it's instant, it's fast food. And I think that's when it becomes a hook in us because then we become lazy. Uh, one last question, yes? Uh, well, the, we, yeah, possibly. But the reality is is that um, uh, I, um, I think there has been ways that AI has been pushed the boundaries and testing the boundaries. And I think you're probably picking up on stuff you've probably seen on social media. Is that right? That you've, you've, you've okay, you don't go on social media. That's, that's great. Um, so there is, there, the military is using AI. Uh, and obviously every, like every industry is using AI. And then it's about trusting those people, what they're going to do, how they're going to stretch the boundaries on it and learning the processes on it. Um, I'm not in the military. I don't know the, how they're doing it, but I know that they have tried to test it and, um, there's been moments where AI has made a decision on it because it's kind of found a loophole around the information of setting rules. And I think that's the danger is that we don't know how quick it will make itself its own decision process, um, which is what we're then obviously needing to be very careful about. Great. I mean, this is just a starting point of conversation. If you're interested and want to talk more, we're around here all day. Um, we've also got a session at 2 o'clock looking at how some of the technology we've used can help us in Christmas and Easter. And, uh, and then today at four o'clock, we've got a session with young people coming in and experiencing some of this into their local context. Uh, I'd love to just pray for us before we finish as we've gone over by five minutes. Father, we thank you that we were reminded in scripture when we started this, that in Hebrews, it says that you're the same, that you don't change. And we thank you that we're reminded in this passage in Timothy that, uh, that you bring inspiration, the breath of God hovers over us and speaks life to us. Lord, we want life from your source. We thank you that in John 10, 10, it says that you have come to give us life and life in all its fullness. Father, these are questions that we need to look at. These are conversations we need to understand. And Lord, this is just a short narrative of what it is that's currently there. So we just ask for your wisdom and conversation. Lord, let us not cast a judgment on young people. But let us have a clear understanding on what it means for them and what they're doing and where they're using it, but also help us to have the conversations to navigate together a narrative of what's okay. And let us be held accountable to that conversation with your spirit leading. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Um, feel free to hang around and we'll see you after in about 10 minutes.